Welcome back once again to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again today. We're thankful for this opportunity to be together, and we're thankful that you can be there. It really is a blessing to us to hear from so many of our listeners who contact us in one way or another, many face-to-face as they come and check us out at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Others contact us through email or maybe through the regular mail. A lot of people call it snail mail now, you know, or they call us on the phone and request Bible studies from us. Let us know that they're listening to the program and that they appreciate being able to hear God's word being studied and discussed in such detail. We're thankful to hear from all of you. Those who are listening every day, and we've heard from many of you or close to every day, others who may be listening not quite every day, but you listen regularly and frequently and and, and on an ongoing basis as you have the opportunity, we're thankful for you too. There are others who only have the opportunity to hear the program now and then, but you do listen, and we appreciate you as just as much. And then there are always new listeners, and we appreciate you. If you happen to be listening for the first time, we're thankful that you're there, and we want you to continue to listen. Now, we hope that as you listen a few times, maybe several times, you'll quickly come to realize that we do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We search the scriptures. We dig deep into God's word. We peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak. We look at it in depth and in detail, but we try to explain those teachings in a way that, are, that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We want to help you come to understand the scriptures better. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as you learn the Bible more and more, your faith should grow stronger and stronger. And as your faith grows stronger and stronger, your desire to be with God should grow stronger and stronger. And we want to help you come to the point where you make up your mind to come to God completely repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ as his Son and your Lord and Savior, surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, and beginning to walk that reborn life in him, that new life in him, getting a new start with a new hope and a new direction, the direction to heaven, the hope of eternal life with God in Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven just having been cleansed and getting a new beginning in your life, a do-over, so to speak. We want to help you realize that and appreciate that and come to recognize the peace of God that passes understanding, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. You know, saying that that kind of peace passes understanding, I think that indicates the person who has never experienced it. How can they understand it if they have not experienced it? And the person who has experienced it, it's it's very difficult to put into words adequately to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it. And the only way it can be experienced is to walk with God in faithful obedience, to be with him, to live for him. We want to help you enjoy that kind of peace in your life. And let me tell you, there are a whole lot of people in this world who are searching for that kind of peace. They don't always realize exactly what it is they're searching for, 
But that's it. They're searching for that kind of peace. And we want to help you find it. We want to help as many people as we can find it. At the end of the program today, we will give you the information, as we always do, how to contact us. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. You can jot down that information and you can ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is absolutely free. We never charge anybody anything to study God's Word. We'll send that to you. It can change your life. It can help you to see suddenly, wow, this is what I can do. This is what I need to do. And this will give me the hope that God offers me and that I'm longing for. A lot of people are looking in all the wrong places, but it's right there in God's Word. We want to help you with that. The study is free. We'll even take care of the postage. You can also ask for a copy of today's program on CD. And again, it's free and we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and a piece of paper ready. And in just a little bit, we'll tell you that information. And then please contact us. Today we're going to continue and we're getting toward the end of this particular study entitled, Everything Changed One Day. It's been a focus of Gen- on Genesis chapter 3, the beginning of mankind and the beginning of the world as we see it today. God created this world ah, just in an awesome manner. He created it the way he wanted it to be and he put mankind on this earth, gave him dominion over everything else that he had created. He created mankind in God's own image with a soul, a spiritual being within his fleshly body, a being that can understand the difference between right and wrong and good and evil, we can actually conceive the very principle of God, understanding God as deity, as our creator. Nothing else has that ability, only mankind created in God's image. Now, God put man in the Garden of Eden, a real place. We would probably look at that today as the closest thing that this world has ever seen as paradise on earth. And he gave them all of the advantages to be able to live there, to sustain themselves physically through the fruit of the trees of the garden, And he gave them the opportunity to live forever on this earth because he put the tree of life there in that garden. And as long as they would continue to eat the fruit of the tree of life, they would continue to live physically forever. But there was another tree in the garden that God put a restriction upon. That was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he told them, do not eat of that particular tree, for in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And they abstained from the fruit of that tree for a time. How long? We don't know. The scriptures don't tell us. But there came a day when the devil presented himself in the form of a serpent, Genesis chapter 3, and he tempted the woman, Eve, to eat of that particular fruit of that particular tree. She told the devil, God has said, no, we cannot do that, for if we do, we shall die. And the devil told her a lie And he also told her a deceptive half-truth. He said, you will not surely die. That was a lie. But you will become like God. You know, 
how that must have been alluring to Eve. The devil said, to know good and evil. Now you see, that was deception. She would come to know good and evil because she would enter into evil. She would become a sinner. But she gave in to the devil's temptation. She ate of the forbidden fruit. Then she gave to her husband and he ate. And on that moment of that day, everything changed. No longer were they the innocent creations of God, not knowing sin. Now they were sinners. They were sinners, and they were ashamed. And so we noted different things that changed, obviously, that can be pointed out from that third chapter of Genesis. They were sinners. They hid from God. They had judgment pronounced upon them. The woman would have her sorrow greatly increased. She would conceive more frequently. Her husband, her desire would be for her husband, and her husband would rule over her. The man would see the ground now cursed for his sake. He would have to work hard for a living all the days of his life, and the work that he would do would be less than completely productive and efficient. The ground would bear thorns and thistles much of the time as the fruit of his labor. And in the sweat of his face, he would eat bread. Have to work hard for that living again. And the death sentence was pronounced upon the man and the woman. They would die. They would go back to the earth. God removed them from the garden, from access to the tree of life. And so physical death became a reality. They had already died spiritually, being separated from God because of their sins. Their sin necessitated the sending of a Savior by God, and that was his Son. So God would send his Son, Christ, into this world in human form for the specific purpose of being the Savior of mankind, of dying on the cross, shedding his blood to pay the price for the guilt of all the sins of all mankind for all time. Now that's God's love. That's God's mercy. That is God's grace. That was made necessary because of man's sin. Everything changed. In our last program, we looked at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8. We noted how one of the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain, murdered another son of Adam and Eve, Abel. Murder became a reality in the consciousness and the existence of mankind going back to the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. There was no sin. There was no murder. There was no consciousness of sin. They were innocent. They were sinless. But now everything was changed. And so again, how Adam must have grieved. And I could easily believe that as I pointed out in the last program, there must have been times from the moment he found the body of his dead son and came to understand that his living son murdered him, and then probably numerous times after that, he must have grieved in sorrow and perhaps shed many tears 
remembering what he had done in the garden, sinning and bringing all of this change into the world. How many times he must have wondered, what have I done? What have I done? And then we noted in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 that not that long after Adam died, the world had become so wicked. Now let me, uh, let me make sure you understand what I mean by the world. Mankind had become so wicked that God described it as every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. So imagine everybody in the world continually being evil and every thought and intent of his heart was only evil continually. And so God decided to destroy mankind and all the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. He was sorry that he had made them. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6. Now, and verse 7 also, but one man and his family found grace in God's eyes, and that was Noah, of course. And so, but for Noah and his family, all of humanity would have been wiped clean from the face of the earth. And once again, it goes back to the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. On that day, when they disobeyed God and became sinners, and everything changed. Everything changed. Now, while Adam was no longer alive physically when the flood came and when God pronounced his judgment that he would destroy the world with water, Adam surely must have seen the changes gradually and steadily and perhaps more than gradually continuing to change the course of humankind in this world. He must have, sinned, must have seen the sin multiplying, the evil and the wickedness just being heaped upon each other on a continuing basis. And again, I'm left to wonder if he did not, from time to time, just grieve over what he had done in bringing sin into the world. What have I done? What have I done? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul wrote of a day that will come. It is a day that we can simply call the final day of judgment. When God will call all mankind to account, those who are still alive, and those who have already died. The Apostle Paul said that all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. There will be no escaping that judgment day. There will be no atheists on that day. There will be no skeptics or agnostics on that day. There will be no disbelievers on that day. Everybody will be absolutely certain of the reality of God on that final day of judgment. And we'll all be there. As Paul described it in his second letter to the Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, he says, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, 
in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve had become disobedient when they ate of the forbidden fruit. So many people are living in disobedience to God today. The text goes on and says, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of God and from the glory of his power. Eternal separation from God. No wonder hell is described as a place of outer darkness. God's presence won't be there. And with God being the source of all goodness and love and everything good, with his presence being absent, no wonder it's a place described as being a place of eternal torment and agony. Again, that's the final day of judgment. It doesn't have to be that way for anybody because 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, patient in other words, very much so, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is giving us time now to come to our senses, to realize our guilt of sin, and to also realize the opportunity for us to be forgiven, to be saved through Christ. But now the next verse, verse 10 of 2 Peter chapter 3 says, and again pointing to that final day of judgment, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to this promise, to his promise, look forward to new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Heaven can be your home. You don't have to dread the final day of judgment. That day is coming. And the reality of what that day is going to be like for those who are not walking with God, those who have been disobedient in their lives, who have turned away from him, who either through neglect or choice have refused to live with him, obey him, live according to his teachings. Just the verses we've read indicate that it is too horrible to contemplate eternal condemnation in hell. But again, remember what Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. That's not God's wish for anybody. He wants everybody to come to repentance. But we have to make that choice. And then, as he said in the very next verse, the day of the Lord is coming. It's coming. There's no getting around that. There's no hiding from it. There's no running from it. 
It's coming. We will all have to give account. God wants us to be saved. God wants us to be with him. He doesn't rejoice in the condemnation of the sinner, Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 11. But he wants us to repent and come to him, turn to him, to be reconciled to him. But that can only be through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have to make up our minds. We have to make that choice and take that stand and with God's help turn our lives around and come to him. So many people are being neglectful. They, I guess, take comfort in the fact that they woke up this morning, just like yesterday yesterday morning, and just like every morning before that. And their assumption is that they'll wake up tomorrow morning. Well, that's exactly the kind of mindset that Peter was warning about in 2 Peter chapter 3. The scoffers, <laughs> when is the Lord coming again? Everything has gone on just like it always goes on. And that where Peter said in verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. He's giving us time to repent. But the very next verse, verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come. As a thief in the night, the indication there being at an unexpected time. And so many will be unprepared. It doesn't have to be that way for you. It doesn't have to be that way for anybody. God wants all to be saved. From that day when everything changed as that first man and woman became sinners and thereby brought sin into the world, God stepped in right away and sent his son or prophesied that he would send his son as the Savior. But we have to come to the Savior to be saved. In our next program, we'll talk about that. I do hope that you will be sure to tune in and listen. Now, in just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. Do that and ask for that free Bible study and it will teach you how you can come out of sin, how you can be assured of your salvation in Christ. The study is free. Just ask. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And in both cases, we'll take care of the postage. We hope to hear from you right away.